are listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. This is Jamie Howison. Just a brief comment before this sermon podcast begins. The sermon is from Sunday, June 19th, and I had to be away along with two other members of our community for some resource days at the Collegeville Institute in Minnesota. And so I invited Bishop Don Phillips to come and preside at Eucharist and serve as our preacher for the evening. Bishop Don is the former diocesan bishop of the Diocese of Rupert's Land, and somebody who was with us from the very ground floor back in 2003. He knows our community well, so it was good to welcome him as the preacher. Let us pray. God of love and power, we thank you for the gift of your presence in this time and place and within each one of us. Help us now to open our minds, our hearts, our whole lives to receive the gift of your living word for us this day. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. frightening gospel reading that we just heard. And it's important that when we listen to these stories that we get close to them. It's very tempting to kind of hear them from a distance, much the same way that we might read them on a website or in a newspaper as something that took place over there to them, but not to us. I want you to take a look at it from the perspective of a garrison a local who witnessed what happened, whether it was someone who was impressed by Jesus or whether it was one of the swineherds who had just lost a good deal of their livelihood. It is scary and troubling. To see the actions of the herd of pigs or even just to see the transformation that happened to the man who was living in the tombs. So let's get inside the story a little and relate it as one involved. So first of all, the man with the demons. He is completely ostracized and exiled from his community. The Gospel writer makes that quite clear. He is living naked and living amongst the tombs in what we would call a cemetery. He is living in a state as a result of perpetual uncleanness. Jesus instantly recognizes the problem when he comes out of the boat and orders the evil power to come out of the man. There's a kind of strange verbal interchange between Jesus and the demons about where they must depart to. The demons don't want to go back to the abyss. They ask if they can enter the herd of pigs, who promptly rush down the hill and are drowned in the lake. But in first century spirituality, the abyss is under the water. So the demons end up going back to the abyss anyway. The local folks, however, are very afraid. The sudden loss of the herd of pigs due to this man Jesus' command and this terrifying demon-possessed monster 
now clothed, is calmly sitting at Jesus' feet, and this has made them afraid too. So, fear of the first century Gerasene locals, very understandable. And even to some degree, fear of the 21st century locals here in Winnipeg and beyond too. In the Collect Prayer that I prayed for us at the beginning and near the beginning of the service, we began with these words, O God, our Defender, storms rage about us and cause us to be afraid. Well, there are many storms, and I don't mean thunderstorms. There are many storms that are raging about us. Shootings in the United States, a woman set on fire in Toronto Transit, Indigenous women and girls disappearing only to find their dead bodies days, weeks, months later. And some of us may have seen some pretty scary people on the streets of Winnipeg acting like they are not definitely part of our society, or at least as I see it, perhaps even fighting and rebelling against it. And then in our 21st century scientific paradigm of health, we see what was confronted by Jesus as mental illness. And that may be, but the impact is the same. Persons totally ostracized by society and at risk of harming themselves or others. Now, in the Gospel story, Luke makes it clear Jesus has God's authority over this illness, over this evil. But releasing this man from this oppressive power begins with how Jesus views this person. He is not a monster. Rather, he is a fellow human being suffering in a very bad and threatening way. A fellow human being. But Jesus is not blind. He recognizes a very serious and dangerous situation in front of him. But this fellow is a fellow human being. Now, let us, as followers of Jesus Christ, go back to that colic prayer to the next phrase. We pray these words. Rescue your people from despair. Despair. That feeling that there's nothing that can be done. This person is beyond help. Or they want to have to, they have to want to change. But when we think that way, are we saying that this person is beyond the reach of God to be healed? We may not know how or when, but, oh God, rescue us from the despair of hopelessness. The next part of our prayer was this, deliver your sons and daughters from fear. The Gerasenes were afraid. Sometimes we too have witnessed some pretty bizarre and scary people whom were just as happy to leave living outside our community, maybe on some riverbank, in a bus shelter, or occupying an abandoned building. Now our fear, at least initially, is a natural reaction to someone very different from ourselves, who looks aggressive 
And so we need to pray for God's love and grace to deliver us from that fear. And then in the final part of the collect, we pray these words, preserve us from all unbelief. Whether that is unbelief in the existence of dark and evil spiritual power that torments and holds in bondage, fellow human beings made in the image of God, if we doubt the existence of that dark or evil power, just ask an addict hooked on hard narcotics who finds it necessary to commit crimes in order to continue living. Or, if our unbelief comes from a kind of neutralizing secularism, which in our minds disempowers the victory of Christ over evil and makes us impotent to responding as followers of Christ. As we get serious about offering this colic prayer to God for ourselves and for our community, there is a very key place we need to begin. Jesus' ability to free the Gerasian demoniac began with his viewing of him as a fellow human being, a child of God. And today's reading from St. Paul in Galatians explains how God in Christ makes that real for all of us. In Paul's first century world, the primary exclusive binary was Jews versus Gentiles. Jews clinging to God's law and Gentiles just left outside to fend for themselves. Paul shows that God comes to humanity in Jesus and through faith in that action makes everyone a child of God. He says, but now that faith has come in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And then Paul wipes out all of the other exclusive binaries of his day. He says, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And then I think particularly for St. Benedict's table, Paul makes a really interesting connection. He is looking into the future when God's grace will, it will in fact enable all of humanity to see its oneness in God. And he looks back to the original and ancient promise of God in God's covenant with Abraham, that we are actually heirs of that ancient covenant. He says, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And what do we say about ourselves here in St. Benedict's table? We are a worshiping community rooted in an ancient future. Yes, we are. Heirs of God's promise in Abraham and members of Christ's future redeemed creation. But it begins opening ourselves to God's transforming grace to overcome despair Yes, God can transform even the most difficult situations. To receive God's love that casts out our fear and enables us to see people in situations as God sees them. And to be preserved from spiritually numbing unbelief 
Spiritual forces, holy or evil, are real. And in Christ, together, we can discern the way God is calling us to respond. This is a challenging way to live, but one for which Christ anoints uh, and empowers us to live together. Thanks be to God. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening.